you know, everybody talks about marketing. You got to be able to generate leads. You got to be able to do this. You got to grow it over here, fill your pipeline. And that's all fantastic. You got to do it. But what a lot of people don't talk about is you got to know where those leads are coming from. And if you have a lot of irons in the fire, it's hard to know which ones are working. Now, that concept is called marketing attribution, and it's really critical. So I spoke with Alan Gleason from Work With Agility. He's an expert in marketing attribution. He shared exactly how you can do it appropriately to make sure you know which of your marketing methods are working the best for you. Check it out. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. That's right. I am Matt. I am your host. Welcome, welcome to Sastry in the Making. I am very glad to have you here. This is going to be a really, really great show today. I am very happy to be joined by my special guest, Alan Gleason. Alan, how you doing? I'm great, Matt. Lovely to speak to you. I'm calling all the way from London in the UK, so very happy to chat SAS uh, with you guys today. Perfect. In London, originally from Ireland, right? That's correct. Yeah. So there's a bit of an accent you might pick up, but um, I'm in the UK for about 20 years. It's it's only one hour flight back, so I'm not too far away. Oh, that's easy. I'm sure that everybody in the UK feels like you have an Irish accent. You've probably moved the <laughs> accent a bit. So everybody from Ireland's like, hey, you're from the UK. I get it. My kids think I have a British accent, but my friends are like, what are they talking about? It's an Irish accent. So um <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I totally understand. Well, let me make sure everybody knows who you are, Alan, because this guy is the man. Alan is the chief marketing officer at Work With Agility. And really, it's a London-based marketing consultancy with a particular focus on B2B and SaaS and tech companies. And really, their goal is to deliver fantastic service, bringing specialists into play as needed so that they can really ensure that the end product is first class. When it comes to marketing for SaaS and tech companies, Alan absolutely knows his stuff. So once again, Alan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Matt. And what an introduction. I hope I can live up to that billing. But uh, yeah, look, I think SaaS, uh, B2B SaaS is endless, endlessly fascinating. Um, and I started, Matt, when there was a 56K dial-up. And uh, I, I sold software into stores, right? Into Best Buy and Office Depot. Um, so my software journey has been a long one. But um, SaaS is great. And, and I love talking about it. Oh, fantastic. I agree. I'm the same way. But I want to know, what have you been up to lately and what's coming up for you, Alan? Yeah, the beauty of what I do is I work with B2B SaaS companies, mostly VC-backed, mostly UK and Irish companies, occasionally some US companies looking to kind of explore boots on the ground into Europe and sort of understanding that. So my role is endlessly fascinating. I typically work with five or six um, clients on an ongoing basis um and just today one i was doing um you know commencing a strategic review of all their operations so a broader remit than just marketing but also looking at operational side of things um, i have another company that are looking at a, a, an entry-level strategy from ireland into the uk um and then there's a couple that i actually work as the chief marketing officer a fractional cmo so i'm essentially in leading the team not a full-time cmo because one of the differences matt for for your listeners there's quite a gap between European SaaS companies and American SaaS companies. It comes down to one simple thing, resourcing. So typically, American companies raise a lot more at seed and Series A and Series B level, which means the European context is a lot more resource constrained, which means it's very hard to fill out your C-suite early. So I can step in, provide leadership in a part-time capacity 
keeps the cash burn down, but brings expertise into the uh, into the team. I love it. I think the idea of a fractional CMO is fantastic. But I want to ask, when is it right for a company to bring in a fractional CMO like yourself? I think. I mean, it's a great question. It will vary. One of the things that you're gonna you're gonna smile, Matt, with is I use the word depends a lot, right? Because of course. Everyone's playbooks, right? Everyone's pattern recognition, but B2B SaaS is endlessly varied, right? So mm -hmm. it depends on whether you're bootstrapped. It depends on whether you're, you know, after raising a big check. Um, it depends on whether you got product market fit, whether you're, whether you don't. So, I mean, I think I'd bring, bring one in early because I often see, you know, lots of mistakes being made really early on, right? So in the early days, I think you need someone to look at the kind of product marketing piece, slightly different than the kind of growth marketing piece, but very much someone to look at, um, you know, messaging, you know, talking to users, talking to prospects, understanding the ideal customer profile, you know, not, not in itself a full-time role, but an idea, you know, an example of where Matt, you could bring in someone on a fractional basis, really understand the narrative, the pain that your clients have, before you then look to bring in someone that's focused on growth marketing. So I'd argue bring them in pretty early. Um, I'm not talking about the Upwork or Fiverr type ones. I, I guess I'm looking for those that are maybe a little bit more senior um, and you kind of specialist in the role. So a long-winded way, Matt, of saying bring them in as early as you can. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. I totally agree. And I know that you're an expert in marketing attribution. It's something that I struggle with in my business to try and figure out all that. And it's something that I previously, when I was running SaaS companies would just say, marketing, make sure you take care of this, but really to make sure everybody's on the same page, what is marketing attribution and why is it so important? Yeah, I'm going to roll back on the question. I don't think there's any experts out there, right? It is this real mystery. I mean, ultimately what you're trying to do is you know, one of the primary functions of people in B2B SaaS is to bring in leads, right? You want to bring in leads to a website that converts. So leads come in and leads could be people that are filling in a get started, you know, form, or it could be request demo, or it could be contact sales. But really in marketing, what you're trying to understand is where you should allocate your focus, because going back to my earlier point, you know, it's a tricky function, right? You're endlessly overwhelmed. There's too much to do. And you're really looking for patterns to try and see where you should prioritize. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking about things like, do I spend more time on writing content? So is Google Organic a primary source of, um, of course, you'd love to do everything, right, Matt? But you're, not, you're never going to be able to do everything. Um, should I double down on things like Google, um, Google Ads, right? Should I spend time on LinkedIn? Um, these are some of the things that, you know, an attribution is trying to give you insights as to where your leads are coming from. The problem is, is that it's very, um, you know, it's complicated, right? And it's an easy question for the CEO to pose because ultimately the data needs to be tied together, right? If you look in Google Analytics, you might find things like direct or Google organic. It doesn't tell you which keywords that you're, you're, you're bringing the traffic from in. And of course, there are different systems out there that you can plug in. You know, there's tools like Lead Forensics or Lead Feeder. But again, I go back to the challenge, Matt, right? It's fine if you've got a Series B check in the bank account and you've got 10 people in your marketing function and you've got the latest tech stack. Often we're working in a world of resource constraints. And then the sure. final thing on attribution, and I'm going to bring you in so you can be prepared to answer on this one, Matt, because I'm keen to hear your views, right? You really need to link it back to sales, right? Because there's no point seeing, okay, we're doing really well in bringing Google ads and then these are the keywords that are firing. 
you got to follow it through to sales. And of course, in B2B SaaS, there's a sales cycle that exists. So often you might only find out a month or two later that the sale has happened. And then you need to go back and see, um, you know, where the attribution um, comes from. The final point before I bring you in, of course, it's never one kind of clean funnel. So it's not a case of someone coming in, typing in Google, clicking on an ad, filling in a form, and hey, presto, they're, you know, they're a conversion, there's perfect attribution. What often happens is they come in a day, they spot the website, this is interesting, they find you on Google Ads, they write it down, they come back a week later, they type you straight into the browser, then they come back a few days later, they type it into Google and click on an organic search. I mean, it's multi-touch. It's all over the place. I've, really? I've spoken enough. I'm really keen to see whether you agree, whether you've got any insights that I'm missing here, Matt. Oh, I totally agree. We have people who come to us and they say, hey, I've followed you for a year, Matt, and I'm right. really now wanting to talk with you. Well, who knows what was it that got them? Was it my LinkedIn post from a year ago? Was it one of my downloads that they got that they found value? What did they listen to one of the podcast episodes? It's really hard for us to determine where it's coming from. That's why I said we're kind of struggling with it ourselves. So I totally understand that. I mean, I think one thing that I do do is like I do encourage our, our salespeople, right, when they're on calls to, to just ask, right, so how did you hear about us? And, and if they've built up a bit of a rapport, you know, I get them to push, right? So they might say Google and I'll say, well, can you remember the keyword that you, you, you've actually used? Because, you know, one of my clients, we're in an emerging space and it's really complicated because there's lots of different use cases for our application. Mm. Um, and people describe different pain points they have in different use cases. So we've got a dedicated Slack channel. So when we get leads coming in, we are pushing them to try and understand how did they hear about us. And then if they use language that, oh, well, I searched for this phrase, it goes into the Slack channel. We then go to SEMrush to check if there's decent volumes for that term. If we see a couple more people use that phrase, we will then craft content to try and then bring in, bring in volumes on that. But today's a great example. We're going to be on a podcast. Someone might hear this podcast, go Google you or go Google me. They find us. But really, the attribution was um, not the click on that Google. It was the fact that they heard us on the podcast, right? Yep, 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 exactly. And so it's definitely hard. But you mentioned that they can ask for, a, you know, how'd you hear about us? But are there any other things SaaS leaders can do to address this attribution problem? Yeah, I mean, there are things you most certainly can do. Um, you know, there are other pieces of the tech stack that you can use. I mentioned a couple of solutions earlier, like lead forensics or lead, um, a lead feeder. There are two examples of tools that sort of give you extra visibility as to who's on your site. Now, they rely on IP addresses um, and you're looking for timestamps around, you know, when people are filling in forms. So, so that's something to do. You can also use Google Tag Manager and kind of bring Google Analytics and Google Anal um, AdWords into play. Um, there are things you can do. I think, um, like everything, setting goals in, in, in Google is useful, tracking them using Google Tag Manager. Um, and, and then just kind of blending these different approaches to kind of enrich the data so that hopefully in your kind of CRM, you can add in a field where you are putting in the, the source and you're trying to get away from just Google, right? Because that's just all consuming. You are trying to understand, is it organic or paid? And if you can understand the keyword. So there are some of the things to, to think about, Matt. Yeah, I totally agree. And do you feel like marketing attribution is more challenging in a B2B, in a B2B SaaS setting? Well, it is, right? Because I think it's easy for the CEO or, you know, or the boss to go, guys, I want to understand where the leads are coming from. Right, they really think that you know, oh, guys, we're drowning in data. You know, this has got to be easy, right? 
Um, and, you know, I go back to the earlier point, Matt. I'm sure if there's a team of 10 or 15, you know, with a data scientist and the latest tech stack and plenty of uh, uh, kind of resources, you can probably get a lot closer. The tricky thing is most of my clients are kind of in the Series A spot, right? So there's not 10 people in the team. And actually, the digital marketing talent is such that, you know, some of them are focusing on content. Some of them are focusing on on kind of paid acquisition. Mm-hmm. You know, you, of course, you can bring in consultants, right? But, um, you know, it's not that easy. So I think part of it is messaging back to, um, you know, the CEOs that, look, this isn't a straightforward task. That all said, you know, some of my clients, we've got a pretty good handle on it, right? We are beginning to blend a number of these things together. And we are enriching the data sets, right, by trying to look at timestamps and bringing more into play. And we are now getting better at understanding it on a keyword basis to really help us craft content and make sure that our Google ads are kind of fired. Fantastic. And you kind of alluded to it earlier. And this is something I think that a lot of companies struggle with. And in my early days building SaaS companies, I did for sure. Once you have an idea of the, the attribution, the lead source, Shouldn't it be possible or shouldn't we do it that we should be segmenting these and figuring out really what our final goal is, is revenue and sold business. So shouldn't we be segmenting how much sold business per lead source or uh, the close rates per lead source or the spend per lead, per lead source per account one CAC to LTV? Are you, are you segmenting that and should your clients and everybody in SaaS be segmenting these? You should, right? I mean, like, again, it gets back to kind of the skill set in the team, but there are there are lots of different things you should be looking at. I mean, I use the phrase a lot, pattern recognition, right? So what you are trying to do is understand what are the outliers and what are the kind of predominant patterns? Because again, you know, the big trick in B2B SaaS marketing is is resource prioritization, right? Again, there's always lots for you to do. It's a never-ending list and you've got to try and really understand where are the bits that you can you can really um, kind of zone in on? And mm-hmm. I'll give you a simple example, right? With some of my clients, actually, this is quite common, actually, Matt, and, and it's an example to your, your case in point, right, is there are, you know, most categories are now getting very, very competitive, right? That there is, you know, there's very rare that you get a kind of a space that you're the only player. So now you're going to have to think about things like, are they a switcher? Or are they kind of new to the category, right? And by that, I mean, if you're a switcher, you're probably on an incumbent platform. You've obviously dissatisfied it. You've bought into the category. You've decided to go with a solution, but you're not happy with something. And some of the things people aren't happy with is often, you know, there's pricing tiers that ratchet up and you go from 20 bucks, you know, a month to kind of 500 bucks. And that could be a trigger to move. So so going back to your question, you should be segmenting and trying to understand, okay, is this person a switcher? Are they they new to the category? If they're new to the category, you're probably trying to position yourself against these other category players and make the buying decision easier for them. If they're a switcher, you got to understand the motivated motivation for switching, and then you got to understand whether your solution enables them to kind of solve for the pain. So, if your solution, if the motivations for switching is because of cost, if you're a more pricey, you know, solution then there's no point prolonging a sales process, right? Whereas if you are truly a more competitive solution in price, because you position that way, you know then you're in good space. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't kind of really answered it to the kind of level you have, but I'm, I mean, the more that you can get to enrich the data set to kind of really understand, you know, the patterns, the better. I, I guess the final point, though, that comes into play is, 
it's not always easy to double down on where your, your leads are coming from, right? So let me explain that, right? So sometimes taking Google as an example, you might spot a lot of your, your leads are coming through paid acquisition for Google, right? But sometimes in, in the more obscure niche categories that many B2B SaaS companies are playing in, it's not like you can decide I can go from 10K a month to 20K and pick up all these extra impressions because sometimes you, you know, you're doing a good job on covering the keyword set that exists for the primary use case for your solution. It's not as easy as saying, hey, I'm going to double spend and double, double the kind of lead velocity. So these are some yeah, of the diminishing returns. Of. Right, right. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so what are people in the SaaS world, what are they getting wrong when it comes to attribution, something like that? Yeah, I, I guess they're getting a couple of things wrong. So they're, they're probably not doing enough of it. So they're probably not really working hard on, on those phone calls to try and really to kind of tie it back. Um, I think they're probably sometimes thinking it's an easier problem to solve than it, than it is, right? So the, the difficulty is, is that it can be all consuming, right? So again, if you have a team, again, I wear a European hat for a second, but if you've got a team of just two or three in the marketing function, you know, really pushing hard and trying to weave it all together for, for this attribution piece can consume a lot of time, right? So there is trade-offs. So if they're really having to get that nth degree, um, you, you know, it, it can be a struggle, right? So, so there are some of the things. And then I guess what you're, the other thing is that there's a lot of churn in marketing functions, right? So people might only be sticking around for a couple of years. So you kind of have to bake that in as well, that people can, you know, you'll often have someone come into a function and they'll pick up Google Analytics and there'll be lots of goals set in Google Analytics. But are they the correct goals? You know, are they firing correctly? So I guess there are some of the things to, to kind of be aware. So I guess the kind of core message here is it's complicated. It's challenge, challenging. We all want to get it right. But sometimes you've got to look at the broader context. And is it the best use of time? Because sometimes actually focusing on some other elements are going to be key. But we're not putting it to bed we're just saying look we're going to really push hard for that discovery call to try and sort the attribution piece because really that's probably the best source because if you get someone to open up and explain if they can remember i'd explain it and if you got a you know most people are pretty happy look yeah we you know we googled you you know or it was a word about referral or somebody referred us or we were a previous user because they're again examples matt of of stuff that happens in an offline capacity that you can't attribute right so again this is an education piece you know word of mouth that doesn't show up on on any report right that, that is someone that might be googling the brand but some of your existing clients that are looking to log in might be googling the brand as well right so you can't just kind of parse it out so really there has to be a recognition that you know previous people using your software four years ago word of mouth referrals hearing a web you know a podcast like this these will all trigger a search into google Google will get rewarded from an attribution point of view, be it a search organic or be it direct or be it um, a paid point. But it's the offline piece that's really triggered it. The last point, Matt, I think it's more for those with bigger budgets. If I'm in London and 10 buses drive by and all the buses have an ad for Salesforce latest app and I go and Google the, the, the Salesforce product that I've seen on the 10 buses and I click on an ad and I fill in the form, the Google ad is getting the attribution here. It's the fact that the 10 buses drove by and I saw it on the buses why I clicked, yeah. right? So so, uh, so there, Matt, I don't think I've given you a good answer because I think it's tricky, right? But if I've done anything, I probably explained to people, 
educate upwards, right? Don't take it as an easy, oh, that's an easy task. Recognize it's complicated. There are ways to fix it, and we've talked a little bit about it, but it's still complicated. I get, Matt, yeah, I'd love I, to get your thoughts. Are, am, am I in the ballpark here, or have you got a different view? No, no, no. I totally agree. It's absolutely complicated. I mean, you talk about the buses. I think about other types of industries. I don't think in startup SaaS, we deal with it too much, but TV ads, billboards, all that. I mean, that's got to right. be really, really tough. If you're if you're a, a big brand flooding a market, how to right. determine, was it that billboard on the freeway? Was it that TV ad at 10 p.m. at night? Like what? It, like It's got to be difficult to try and figure that out. I'm glad actually that I don't have to deal with that a lot in startup <laughs> SaaS. We don't really do a lot of TV ads or billboards for the most part. Uh, right. But you're right. You know, 10 buses, you know, they talk about you need nine impressions. Well, there's your impressions right there. And then they just went and found you and they think it's Google that did it, but it wasn't. Right. So, right. yeah, it's, that's and, a and tough get, thing. Yeah. And I guess the kind of key theme here is to be a data skeptic, right? So one of the first things, just to go off on a tangent slightly to kind of to get back to it, and a point I think is relevant is, you know, Google Analytics underpins a lot of websites. And, you know, I see junior marketers go in and push all these reports from Google. Um, and they don't they don't reflect reality right and i tell you why which is why i'm the point i'm saying is be a data skeptic because you know you could have a login button in the top right corner of your site and that's driving a lot of traffic to your, to your site which you're not filtering out from google there could be bots i've clients where i've seen bots have hit a site and the bot traffic isn't being filtered out so they see this big spike in march and they're like wow we had a great month in march no you didn't that was a bot you got to filter that out you could have a team of 100 people that have got your your website open on their desktop you know, that's internal IP traffic that needs to get filtered mm -hmm. out. So I guess that's kind of my point that you've got to be a data skeptic here. We're drowning in data, but we've mm -hmm. got to be a little bit skeptical and just kind of be careful in this area, right? Yeah, I totally agree. Super, super cool stuff, Alan. So, so I want to kind of wrap it up. What advice would you give to early stage software leaders who are trying to figure all this out? Okay, there's a couple of things, right? I think don't go on the journey alone. There are people, you, you know, try and get talking to mentors or try and reach out to people right. that are in the same boat because I think if you try and do it on your own, you're going to miss the nuance, right? It's 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 because you might want to be pleasing a boss or you want you take orders from the boss because you're pretty junior and the boss asks for this and you go do it and you think, well, this should be straightforward, but it's not. The other thing is there are some brilliant people out there that are, are, are fantastic on it. One of these guys is Avanish. I don't know if you know Avanish, um, Occam's Razor. It's the most fantastic blog and, and, and go, go Google it, right? But go get on the newsletter, right? This guy is um, based in California. You know, I can't wait for his newsletter coming out each week because he tackles data. He tackles these sort of things in, in really in a beautiful manner. And we can put it in the show notes afterwards. So if anybody's interested, but so they're, they're my tips, you know, just recognize it's complicated. Learn from someone like Avanish, but do talk to other people. Don't go on an, on the journey alone because you know people will have insights that can help shape your, your your view of it. I mean, I think that's excellent advice, especially with something like this that is so technical and you got to kind of stay on top of it. If you're an early stage software leader, you have so many things you're doing. You have so many hats you're wearing and so many irons in the fire that trying to put a bunch of focus right here onto this thing is, is super, super difficult. So I love that advice, Alan. And this has been amazing. I have learned a lot. I hope that everybody out there also has learned a lot. It's really, really critical what Alan has talked about. So definitely make sure you go back and re-listen to this episode to get all of the points. But Alan, how can our audience learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I've got a, a website called workwithagility.com. So workwithagility.com. 
Um, I do post there. I don't post as regularly as I used to, but um, my, my, my plan for next year is to post a little bit more on that. So that's the best place to find out more, Matt. Okay, fantastic. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes. We'll put it down in the YouTube description as well. But Alan, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been really great. Matt, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for making me feel a little bit more comfortable at times by recognizing that attribution is definitely tricky, but there are ways to fix it. So um, thanks for your time, Matt. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Thanks for listening. It's been great having you here. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss out on more amazing leaders and creators like Alan coming up. This has been really, really cool. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Thank you for coming. Take care.